Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we are glad that you could join us today. Indeed we are. We are moving along in our book study where we are discussing Friendship and the Fathers, How the Early Church Evangelized. And we are now on to what will probably end up being my favorite chapter. I think oh, I would agree with this one. Because it's about St. Basil and St. Gregory. And mm. I love these two men. And they are beautiful, beautiful examples of Christian friendship that have echoed through the ages. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, we could really almost hold them up as maybe the number one spot of what we know about them and their authenticity as the friendship. You know, second only to, or first, right behind, close second would be some other saints as well. Right. But one of the things that is really interesting about this chapter is that not only does it share the beautiful aspects of their friendship, that they had such a close, intimate relationship, but it also shares that all did not go well all the time. Mm. And they had some serious disagreements about the way they viewed things and, and what they thought was important and also like how they felt that their friendship should be executed. And so I think it's really important to remember that even if you do have a super deep, intimate friendship, it doesn't mean that you're always going to agree with everything all the time, that you aren't going to have hard times that you have to um, really navigate together. Yeah, well, I might sidebar that thinking about you and me, because oh, actually, yeah. Megan and I actually get really kind of excited when we disagree on something. It's like, <laughs> true, oh, here's a true. lively debate we get to have to right, see, right. you know, and yeah. not that we're trying to convince the other ever. We're just giving oh, our wait, wait. heartfelt Time out. point no, no, of no. view. I am trying to convince you. <laughs> I, I have to admit, if, I, if I've if i got an opinion that I believe is true, I will try to convince oh, the other person okay. to my point of view. But that doesn't mean I'm not open to being convinced by you as well. Oh, okay. See, I, I never approach it from the I'm trying to convince you. I am going from the standpoint of this is my case. And it's up to you whether you want to be convinced or not. But uh, hmm. I just want to make my case to say, and you may say, yes, I see your logic, but I disagree. And here's why. That's fine, too. Yeah, but if what you believe is true and you love me, wouldn't you want me to come to the knowledge of the truth? That is true. <laughs> that is true. Well, but I guess sometimes it depends we, on the topic. Right. Sometimes you can come to the understanding of this is not a situation where one one person is right and one person is wrong or that there's an absolute truth. But there's actually this is an area that is subject to opinion. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's important to find those areas that you can rest in that reality that says, you know what, it's okay for us to believe different things in this area or to have a different point of view perspective. That doesn't mean that the other person's in any moral peril. See, that's the thing. Is it, it's okay to have differences of opinion. Mm -hmm. It's okay to accept that not everything in this world is black and white. But there's some things that are. Yes. And on those things that are, that's when you really need to be in lockstep. And distinguishing between the black and the white and the gray is huge. 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 I mean, we just need to learn more about that. Right. Absolutely. So a little background for people who aren't familiar with St. Basil and St. Gregory. Um, they were really, really well-known bishops of the church back during the times when the Arian heresy was pretty much at its height. 
uh, in the fourth century of the church. And uh, so they were very much ordered towards fighting the Arian heresy. And what the Arian heresy had as its hallmark was that it it, it denied Christ's equality with the Father. So basically, the Arian heresy was saying that Christ was a lesser being than God the Father. So pretty much then denying the Trinity as we know it, where there are three persons that are co-equal. Right, right. They believed that Christ was just really fully human and kind of divine, kind of divine, <laughs> right. but right. lesser than the father. Yeah, yeah. So. Or maybe a, a human being that reached actualization, actualization. Yeah. All right. So they, these two were from basically the same hometown and they became friends during school. And the reason we know all this story of how they developed this friendship as they were at school is because there's a very famous, basically, eulogy that St. Gregory gives of St. Basil after his death, which basically walks through how their friendship formed. And, and the, the chapter includes a lot of sections from that. And one of the things that I think is just beautiful <laughs> is that... St. Gregory says uh, on page 48, yes, it was Basil who had been the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, doesn't that just sound precious mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that he considered his friend to be the best thing that ever happened to him? And one of the things that he also says when, when he's really describing the intimacy, the level of intimacy that the relationship had achieved he writes, we were one soul in two bodies, and what bound us together was the thought of God above all and a longing for holy things. For holy things. Yeah, that was beautiful. I, yeah, we highlighted the same thing on that. Right, <laughs> that And he also so goes good. on to say, it was something almost like being in love, but much better <laughs> because it was a love of the spirit and based on spiritual things. And this is something that is just like a huge passion for me as it relates to spiritual friendship is this understanding that erotic love, you know, physical romantic love is a beautiful thing when properly ordered, but it isn't necessarily the highest thing. So true. The highest thing is to have a deep spiritual friendship. And if you, with your romantic partner, build your romantic relationship on top of a spiritual friendship, then you truly have achieved something glorious. But the romantic relationship, the erotic attraction without the spiritual friendship will never be as beautiful as simply the spiritual friendship alone without any romantic love. Right. And you know, I want to take a second with on the sidebar on this too, though, because something you've talked about several times throughout our um, podcast is how Satan has got in, in and muddy those waters of true friendship and eroticism. So right. you see the you see this friendship and the way they talk about like it's like a love story and it's right. beautiful. And instantly our 
our, you know, in the mm. year 2022, our mind goes through, hey, there might have yeah. been some extra those, going right, on. Those yeah. two must have been gay. They yeah, just didn't yeah. want to admit it or they were right. just repressing that or they really they were gay and they just weren't talking about it. And they were actually living that out. Right. And that hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart. Well, let me let me frame it in a different way, Megan. That's why we're doing part of this podcast is to remind people and to like make it anew that it doesn't. It's not that way. Right. We can have these kinds of loves that are very exciting and wonderful mm-hmm. and genuine and rooted in the Holy Spirit. And to to reject this notion that there has to be something underlying I, that is just absolutely from the evil one. Absolutely, and the reality is is that when you deny that this relationship based in the spirit ordered towards virtue and growing in the knowledge of the love of the Lord. If you say that that's not the highest thing and that romantic love is actually the highest thing, you basically are saying that heaven isn't perfect Mm. because heaven is not like you know, what we think of as, you know, marriage partners and, you know, the romantic, erotic love being, you know, exclusive and everything. No, when we get to heaven, the Lord has told us there won't be marriage in heaven because we as a body, the church will be married to God. Mm. And so these individual, you know, erotic physical marriages, which are meant on this earth for the begetting of children and for intimacy, but the beginning of children, when there no longer is that in heaven, we will experience love in a deeper, more profound way that doesn't require the physical in the way that we've come to know it here as far as sexual love. Now, I, I do believe that in heaven, we will love each other physically be, when the resurrection of the body happens and we have bodies, right? Because we are ordered as human beings to express ourselves physically, spiritually, in every aspect of ourselves. And so I, you know, I think there are going to be lots of hugs and handholding and kissing and things like that, but without any taint of, you know, right. this sense that there's something inappropriate going on, right? And so these two men as they are seeking virtue and ordered towards the good and and longing to be live life according to God's will, as you do that more and more purely, mm-hmm. you can live a deeper, more intimate love in purity. And I would argue that that is the more pure way in general, because when given the in my background of being a fertility care practitioner, the heart of human sexuality is loving tenderness Mm -hmm. so you can actually have that very much so a loving tenderness in platonic relationships right which is beautiful and should be encouraged yeah for sure for sure so you know they live that out and it was interesting because one of the things that i think can be a real poison to friendship which they point out very clearly is uh envy Mm. and Mm -hmm. comparing and all this sort of thing. And he talks about that in his in his discussion. He says, we knew no envy and our rivalry was a healthy one. Each of us struggled not to gain the first place for himself, but to yield it to the other. For we made each other's reputation to be our own. Yes. You know, and That's this idea beautiful. of like, I want to excel 
so that I can be a good reflection on my best friend. Right, right. So what we're seeing here is a higher level of virtue than I think you, you see a lot in today's world. Think Absolutely, about it that yeah. way. So that virtue that would lead you to put and elevate another person above yourself because mm-hmm. it looks good on you. Right. You know, that is a beautiful virtue. Amazing. What would you say if we could call it a virtue? I mean, humility, um, certainly it's there. It's humility. I think it's also one of the things that, you know, C.S. Lewis said that one of the basis of a good friendship is that surprise that you would have been admitted into the friendship of your friend. Aww. Like this idea of like, I can't believe that, you're my friend. that this yeah. awesome person would condescend to be a yeah, friend yeah, with me, yeah, yeah. you know, because you see so much of the good in the other and you're ordered more towards the humility of yourself, your own littleness, and you see their good and you see your littleness and you're like, wow, yeah. how is it that you're even friends with me? <laughs> like, I am so blessed by you, sure. you know, yeah. and, and yeah. that's a, a beautiful disposition to have towards each other and to delight in the successes of the other, to acknowledge their charisms, mm-hmm. you know, the gifts that the Lord has uniquely given them and say to them, you know what? I don't have that gift, but I glory in it of when you express it. Right. Like, right. you know, that encouragement right. to give them like, you know, and sometimes when they're living out those charisms, it's so natural to them. They're not aware of it. Right. But as a good friend, you say, wow, you're using this for God because this is a gift you have. What? This whole thing? This is something that comes so natural to me. I said, yes, but not everyone. Yeah. And I just think it's really powerful and beautiful for to just look at a friend and say you are so beautiful when you live it out that when Mm -hmm. you live in the lord like that Mm -hmm. like i am so blessed when you are being fully you right but then also the flip side is when you see your friend not living out fully who God has made them to be and not living in their in their giftedness and their and in the grace of the Lord then you say my friend, there's so much more of who you are that we're missing out on when you're bound up in this area mm. or when you're believing this lie or when you're in this place of, you know, brokenness. Like that's how we encourage, not like when you do that, that ticks me off or when you do that, like mm. you're so annoying, but you're better than that. I see how much better you are than that. And I call it out on you. I call out the better that is you, right? It's such a different way of interacting with a person. So true. To really see their goodness and encourage them when they're living in it. And also give some, you know, admonishment when they aren't. And these two guys, they they had some troubles. and Gregory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but another po- uh, good quote where he talks about um, resolving things. He's uh, Basil writes to Gregory. Uh, he says, where friendship is involved, I think being defeated is a victory. So I'm quite ready to give you precedence and stop fighting about whose opinion is right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I mean, how often do we struggle with that? You know, like when I was saying, no, I am trying to convince you to my point of view. Right. When, if we're having a talk or right, something. Right. But, you know, if you're, you know, really like just no, I just see it differently. You know, at some point you have to just say, well, you know what? I respect it. Mm-hmm. I respect, you know, and 
let's we don't need to fight about it, it who's right who's wrong at this point you know what let's just settle on well i love you but then again you're establishing this is based in opinion and not on a truth right yeah absolutely right and so you know these two guys they were having differences of opinion about how they needed to function in this really dramatic time where there are these Aryan bishops and they were trying to live as holy uh, Orthodox Catholic bishops. And Basil was much more of a fighter. He was much more of like, get in the ring and do what you need to do. And Gregory, he had like a softer, more tender spirit. And he kind of wanted to just fade in the background a little bit and, and sort of do more his own thing. And, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, they were going to go and become monks together. And then, and then one of them didn't join the other. And they were pretty ticked off about the other guy that became the monk and wasn't joined. Like, he was kind of ticked off about the fact that his friend didn't join him. <laughs> and said, so, we had an agreement, you know. Mm. And so sometimes, you know, things change and, you know, you may not always live up to the agreements that you had and you've got differences in life and you just have to figure out how you're going to navigate those things. And are you going to allow bitterness and disappointment to rule the day or are you going to seek to continue to, you know, reconcile your, your, the places where you maybe have been hurt or disappointed and, and really continue to seek the person? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, I, my mind goes right to this quote sitting here in front of me, which I thought was kind of cute as well, because you can see this complementarity in their personalities where um, it says Gregory could be bossed around by strong personalities, but Basil was just a sort of strong personality who could boss people around. Right. So you see their complementarity in their friendship sure. like that. I thought that was really a cool point to make. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in a situation like that, there can be complementary where they can, you know, like Basil can, you know, encourage and draw things out of Gregory or Gregory might, you know, with his more reticent nature, maybe pull the reins a little bit on Basil. Mm -hmm. But then you also have to be aware that sometimes those differences can lead to you know, someone taking advantage of the other person, not fully respecting their dignity. And that's kind of what happened at the end of their friendship. Towards the end of their friend, their, you know, their life, Basil's life. He passed away before Gregory. Where what happened was, is that Basil made uh, Gregory a bishop of a large sea without asking him. And Gregory was ticked off <laughs> because he felt that that was a real um, sort of betrayal betrayal yeah, yeah straight yeah, up right. betrayal right so and beat like being taken advantage of yeah yeah for sure yeah and so then that I think that is a really good question to kind of discuss when you do have a really intimate friendship when you're super close and you sometimes when you're super close, you feel you forget that you presume sometimes on them. The people you just like, well, I know this person so well and I know their heart that surely they would be cool with this. 
right? I mean, that's probably what Basil's thinking. He's like, Gregory is all in to fight this heresy situation, and this is what I need to do in order for that to be done most effectively. He needs to step into this role, and it's clear that this needs to happen because it was clear to Basil that it needed to happen. And so he's going to be on board with this. I don't even need to ask him because we're oh, we're yeah, like yeah. one heart, one soul. We're the same, you know, yeah. we're the same. So he's going to totally understand. So sometimes that intimacy can lead to presumption. Mm. Honestly, sometimes we even do that with God. Mm. Sometimes we presume that God's okay with stuff just because we're okay with it when really we're not, oh. right? When he's not. And so, you know, when we come to that place where we've presumed too much, and we've let, gone into a place where we've, you know, acted in a way that the other person feels is a betrayal or is hurtful. Like, how do we resolve that in friendship in a healthy way? Because unfortunately, Basil and Gregory did not resolve it before Basil died. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, Bas- uh, Gregory, you know, he was writing a, a letter to Basil um, before, you know, towards the end of his life, talking about what had happened and how upset he was and how it impacted him. And he said some pretty tough things. And he said, um, I'm tired of being blamed for faults of yours and for having to make excuses for them to people who know both our former and present relations. Mm. And so, you know, that's pretty harsh, right? And then this is the way he ends the letter, which, oh, it just like hurts my heart so much to read it. I'll get one thing out of your friendship. I'll learn not to trust in friends and not to think that there's anything more valuable than God. Now, it's true that nothing's more valuable than God. But to have been hurt so badly by someone so intimate to you that you're like, I guess I just can't trust anybody. Right. At one point saying that we are two souls or two bodies, two bodies, one soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a really, really deep place of hurt. And what he's something he says before that, Gregory, as he's given Basil what for, he says, um, Don't worry about friendship or intimacy when you have high aims and piety to think about. (laughs) And so I think that is a good point, too, that sometimes even if our ideals are super high and lofty and ordered towards the good, sometimes we can forget people when we are very focused on ideas. And we have to always attend to the heart of another for sure. Even if our ideals are perfectly grounded in truth, we still need to have a care to have some delicacy with another person and to respect their dignity and that they may see things differently and offer this sort of sense that, well, let's talk about these things and let me hear your heart on this matter and help me to understand you you know, where you're coming from. Because honestly, this could have been, this rift between the two of them probably could have been totally mitigated if they had had the opportunity to just sit down and talk it out. Right, right. right? And the way, the way Gregory is, 
based on it. If Basil had sat there and just explained the situation and what he, the good he thought was going to come out of it and said, I need you, Gregory. I need you to get this done with me. Please, will you do it? Gregory <laughs> probably would have said, okay, my friend, I will do it. I will do it for you and I will do it for God. But because he wasn't asked. Right, right. It was just was presumed like, upon. I was going to say presumption there too right. much. He was hurt. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. So I think it speaks to that importance of communication. Now, these two guys, they didn't have the benefit of a telephone. They didn't have video chat. <laughs> they didn't have, you know, all these means of communication that we have at our disposal. And that's something maybe we should remember that these things are they can be great blessings in the maintenance of relationship that we don't have to leave things unsaid. We don't have to presume we can talk. Mm -hmm. We can in real time. How blessed are we? Oh my goodness. Right. But how on measure, but how often do we not take advantage of these opportunities because we're afraid? Yeah. The conflict (laughs) thing. When, When do we get such weenies about conflict? Well, you're the one that says that you're uh, I'm terrible. more terrible at conflict. I'm terrible. So when I did mean, you become a weenie fan? <laughs> I was bred that way. Maybe it's, you know, it is both uh, nature and nurture. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I don't know. Yeah. But the reality is sometimes in an attempt to avoid an uncomfortable conversation that may involve a little conflict, you can find yourself in a place of a much more painful situation exactly. of a rift in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like you're letting it fester and just go on too long. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Or you just let things fade away. You know, that intimacy gets lost yeah. because when you have these places where you're like, okay, well we can't talk about that. Right. And now we can't talk about this because it's kind of related to that. And now we can't talk about this. And all of a sudden, all the things that you can't talk about become more than the things that you share. And intimacy will always disintegrate in that setting. So then we have to ask ourselves when we find that we are avoiding conversations, what's really more important, the relationship or my comfort? Yeah, that's so true. I get it. I mean, you got to go back to my uh, family of origin being uh, agnostic. So I was literally taught feelings were king. Mm -hmm. That was like that. You go by your feelings and not your intellect as much, you know. Wow. Yeah. And so I spent the rest of my adult life trying to undo it. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to deny your feelings, right, with your friends. Sometimes what it really is is just being honest with your feelings and saying, you know, when you did this, this is what it made me feel. And, well, what were your really intentions? Help me understand why you did what you did, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I can maybe move from a place of feeling hurt to a place of understanding. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't find, I find that it, it, I don't encounter that so much with my friends as I do with family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we tend to take advantage of each other when we're family. We're so close and you know, yeah. as the mother, moms are the safe place to fall. So sometimes that can be difficult. 
Yeah. And that might be a really good example of how in family relationships, we're even more likely to presume on others. Well, you know, they got to love me because, you know, she's got to love me because she's your, her, my mom. So I can treat her this way. And it's in the end, it'll be fine because, you know, she has no choice. She has to love me. Well, true. There's going to be aspects of, you know, a mom that's always going to love their child, hopefully, no matter what. But your intimacy as in a relationship, the the closeness that you feel with each other and things can take some serious hits if you, you know, treat the treat your mom even poorly, right? So yeah. do you want to have a good relationship or do you want to just presume on love? Good, yeah. good question. Yeah. All right. Well, um, there's just, you know, obviously we could talk and talk and talk about Basil and Gregory, but I think... For me, the big points that really come out here are don't be afraid to be super intimate and don't be surprised when intimacy can lead to friction. Don't be surprised. (laughs) And you know what? Real deep, important relationships, they take work. They take tending. That's so true. Cultivating. Yeah, but they're so worth it Mm. because Lord, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of their friendship. And one of the things I love about these two saints is that their friendship is so profound and so recognized by the church as being special and unique. Their feast days on the same day, even though they didn't <laughs> die on the same day and they weren't born on the same day. But the church understood these two men, their friendship, it needs to be honored right. and remembered throughout the ages. And we will f- celebrate them on the same day. Awesome. So true. Yeah. So St. Basil and St. Gregory, pray pray for for us. us. Well, we thank you so much for joining us today and we hope you're enjoying this book and, and the podcast and and please do uh, share with a friend. Uh, You know, maybe this is something that if you would like to grow deeper in relationship with, with someone, this might be, you know, a way that you could kind of get a little entry into that. It's like, let's discuss some of these topics about what it is to be, you know, friends and and grow in intimacy and relationship. So that might be a good uh, opportunity for you. So uh, we certainly hope uh, that you will continue uniting to us in prayer until next time. And until then, God bless. God bless.